Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by John Crampton. For more podcasts, news and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. All right. Turn with me, please, to Exodus chapter 13. For a while, we've been looking at various aspects of our life together. We've been digging into something of our heritage. We've been looking to the rock, so to speak, from Isaiah 51. We've been looking at the things that have shaped us and molded us and caused us to be the kind of people that we are. And one of the things that we, we are, we want to continue to be in increasing measure is being a people who pursue the presence of God. Which is why our gatherings perhaps a little bit different from just a regular, predictable kind of a service. We love to say anything can happen and probably will. Yeah? So we don't just, you know, have... 20 minutes of singing some songs while we're waiting for people to just warm up a little bit, you know, maybe entertain the people a little bit before the preaching or whatever people, you know, come up with in terms of their ideas as to what's going on. No, no, we actually want to give ourselves to pressing in to experience the Lord and experience His presence during our times of worship. And so we do take prolonged time in order to do that and we do it on purpose it's not because you know we haven't got anything else to do or we're you know forgotten what we're supposed to be doing no no this is very intentional that we create room for holy spirit to do what he wants to do in our hearts one thing that we've learned through the decades is that you can get people physically in the building, but it takes a while to actually get them into church. Yes, we are the church, but to be present takes us a while. Sometimes we actually need to be in that environment where we're able to let go of the distractions that we can tune our hearts and our minds to what Holy Spirit is doing and saying. It's possible to have Jesus come and stand in front of you, and because you're not focusing correctly, you can miss his visitation. Jerusalem. Jerusalem. As he weeps, as he weeps over the people he came for and they missed it. It's possible for Jesus to stand in front of us and we could miss it. So we want to give ourselves opportunity to put aside those distractions. You know, worrying about whatever sport thing or what's going on in terms of your business or the economy, or politics, 
what the latest Twitter thing is. Maybe even the disagreement that you had in the car on the way here this morning. You see, I'm prophetic like that. You know, sometimes we actually just need to put these things aside. Especially now in this particular time where God is doing a fresh and a new thing among us in our worship times. I'm just so aware of an increase in distractions that are taking place. Yeah, so we've had a couple of, you know, demonic things going on. That's all right. We know how to take care of them. Because Jesus said, you know, in my name, you'll sort these things out. So we just do. It's not a big deal. Yeah. The enemy tries to put some, you know, weeds among us, cause a little bit of discontent and you know, distraction, whatever. And we can choose. We can either focus on these things and make a big deal of it and say, oh, look what the devil's doing. Or we could say, wow, isn't that amazing? Because there's an increase of light, things that were hidden are now being exposed. I choose that route. And I choose to focus on what the Lord is doing and say, wow, isn't that amazing? That God is moving powerfully and he's causing things to shake, rattle and roll. It's not a sign that the enemy is advancing. It's a sign that God is actually rearranging some things. Mm. Okay. So if somebody takes your favorite parking space... Or sit the seat you wanted to sit in? <laughs> a couple of years ago, we were still meeting downstairs. And there was a season when the Lord was doing stuff. And I, and I, I said to the, the congregation, I said, hey, let's just be aware. Things are moving. Things are growing. We're increasing in number. You know, God's going to bring people. And you know what? Somebody's going to take your seat. And you're going to have a choice. Will you be offended and leave? Or will you make room and space for, for them? Yeah. I remember saying that several times. You see, I'm prophetic like this. Because not long after that, a family that had been with us for a while they used to love to come and sit in a particular row. They would come an hour early to secure that seat. But the building was so full that they stepped aside to worship the Lord. And next thing they looked, somebody had slipped in beside them and stolen their seat halfway through worship. <laughs> Never came back again. Come on. 
but I believe better things of you. Yay. Come on. Let's not allow, come on, it's small things. Husbands and wives, you know what I'm talking about. Often it's the small things that just, you got your Sunday go to church face on. I can, even with that mask, I can tell. It's the little things. Don't allow little things to distract you from what God is doing. There's a spirit that's been released onto the planet this year, which is a little different from the spirit that was released last year. Hopefully going to be talking into some of these things in the coming weeks. Last year was a spirit of fear that was riding on top of this thing called COVID. This year, it's a spirit of division polarization that's riding on the top of a jab and people are being polarized even within families people are not wanting to talk to each other because of taking opposite views recognize that there's a spirit that's at work in the world okay so don't be distracted from these things Paul writes to the Corinthians, he says, brothers and sisters, we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. Gosh, that was a prophetic statement, if ever there was. Yeah. So we need to just be alert because of what God is wanting to do in these times. And let's not miss out on what he's wanting to do. Because we get taken out by a division, a distraction. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now, which chapter of Exodus are you? Good. Because I'm there as well. Exodus 13, verse 21. By day... The Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. So the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire, was a visible demonstration, a manifestation. It was a sign. It was something that the people could see in the natural of what was actually going on in the supernatural. God was saying to them through the sign that they could see in the natural that I'm with you. And because they could see it, they could actually see God's 
promise. God's intention. They could see what God was doing. They could see it with their natural eyes, what was a greater reality in the spiritual realm. So his presence was visible to them, this cloud by day, this fire by night. And as we've mentioned, this wasn't just symbolic. It actually had very practical outworking in their lives as they're in the desert, in the wilderness. They didn't have sunblock. They weren't lathering sunscreen on. It was in the desert, and they were being protected from the harsh effects of the desert sun because of this mobile air conditioning unit. Kept them cool. It shaded and protected them. You know, beautiful climate, wherever they went. And at nighttime, because deserts become bitterly cold in the middle of the night. It's pretty dark, you know. No Eskim there either. And so this pillar of fire gives them both light and warmth. This is phenomenal. He's also indicating to the powers of darkness and to the enemies, I am here with these people. Back off. That's pretty intense, right? Okay. So God is saying, I'm with you, I am present. His presence is with them, and it's through the sign of the cloud and the fire. We spoke a little bit about fire a couple of weeks ago. I want to see what we can do in terms of talking about clouds this morning. Turn with me over the page if you have... Does anybody use paper Bibles anymore? All right. Flick down on your screen. Chapter 14 and verse 10. So now what's happening is Exodus 13, it's the actual Exodus. They're they're leaving Egypt and there have been the, the 10 signs, plagues, and they've now gone out, and they're starting out on, on this journey with God. And Pharaoh um, realizes, you know, he, he, he seriously hung over the next day. It's like, what did I do the night before? I let who go? Where? What was I thinking? So he has a change of heart and mind, and he's now wanting to pursue the Hebrews. And um, the people of Israel, they begin to see the army of Egypt bearing down on them. 600 chariots and you know the, the army is going full tilt full ball they're kicking up such a, a dust cloud because they are going furiously after the hebrews 
And so the, the strength, the military might of the world's superpower is bearing down on them. What have these guys got? A couple of spears, a couple of daggers, a couple of swords. Now they came out armed for battle, but they, they didn't have sophisticated weaponry. And they're facing the world's number one military superpower of the day. And the people begin to panic. And they cry out to the Lord. Uh, verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified, and they cried out to the Lord. Some of us are seeing things advancing against us, and we're terrified. We're, we're coming into increasing places of freedom. We're coming out of, in a sense, lockdown. The people of, of, of Israel had been in lockdown for about 430 years. Talk about hard lockdown. All right? And they were coming into freedom, and then they see the enemy of their freedom rushing towards them. And they're filled with panic, and they begin to cry out to the Lord. I'm talking to somebody this morning. Oh, what are we going to do? There's a fourth wave coming. It's going to be worse. Uh, oh. Verse 13. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Come on, folks. How many times has the Lord been saying to us over these last 18 months, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Why? Because that spirit of fear was being released. We could choose to either partner with fear or resist fear. Step into faith and resist fear. There's a difference between operating out of wisdom and operating out of fear. Doing things right and properly is wisdom. Running around like a chicken with its head chopped off, not such a good idea. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Oh my goodness. What an amazing promise of the Lord. They've got the pillar of cloud. They've got the pillar of fire. God is with them. They see the Egyptian army and they cry out in fear. Even when God's presence is so 
manifestly obvious. It's possible to still look at the enemy and cry out in fear. Corinthians tells us that all these things were written for our strengthening, our encouragement, and our instruction. In other words, let's learn from how God was dealing with these people that we might learn how to respond adequately to what God is doing. So Moses says, guys, God is going to do something absolutely powerful in your midst. His presence is with us. Look up, guys. God's still here. God's not left us. The cloud of dust behind the Egyptians is no match for the cloud of his presence. Verse 19. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. That is incredible. Did you see that? <laughs> Come on. So God's presence acts as a barrier between the Egyptians and the Hebrews. And his presence among them is causing a shield and a barrier that the attacks of the enemy cannot come against the people of God. God puts a supernatural barrier. The enemy is chasing down the people of God with intention to kill him. They had regretted letting the slaves go free. And they were going to deal with them severely. God's presence comes and is positioned between the army that's coming to attack God's people. And on the other side, God's people. Red Sea, cloud, they were in a period of Shall we say isolation? <laughs> the most remarkable thing about the presence on the one side, darkness, on the other side, light. Hmm. <laughs> There's a reason why some people cannot see what you can see. Okay. 
because of the presence of God, you can see things supernaturally assisted. You can see things because God and His presence releases light for your path. And somebody else in exactly the same position, all they can see is darkness. They actually cannot see what's going on. You understand now why you're having big arguments with some people and you're looking at the same facts. With his presence, things are being revealed. You're seeing things. The enemy is up to stuff. But God is bigger than the enemy. That's why we can, with Moses, hey, relax. God's got this. It's not like, hey, relax, I've got this. No. Hey, stand still. God is going to bring about a deliverance. The standing still is very different from running around in circles. Panic. No. Stand still. Just, uh, okay, God, we need a supernatural miracle. Things are bearing down at us. We need your presence. Who knows what they could hear from the other side of the cloud. Those that were walking about in darkness. Were they shouting? Were they yelling chants? Were they terrorizing with, with all sorts of threatening voices? Who knows? No? What was coming through the Twitter feeds and all those posts? All the negative things that were being broadcast. Who knows? But the amazing thing was, during that time, God was working powerfully and he hid from the enemy the deliverance that he had for his people. So this cloud of his presence shields God's people. The enemy cannot see God's solution. And Mo, he says, chaps, we're going through the aquarium. <laughs> the most spectacular display you've ever seen. Yeah? And this one's free. Yeah, we've got a free pass on this one. We're going through. And the wind blew all night. And they began to go through because on the one side of the cloud it was light and the other side of the cloud it was darkness. And while it was light, although it was night, they went through. My Sunday school picture book didn't get this one right. The wind blew all night created dry ground, they go through, 
This is a special effects after dark kind of show for them as they're going through the aquarium. And they get to the other side, and the last watch of the night, the Egyptians go after them. All right, let's pick it up from verse 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the aquarium on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He made the wheels of their chariots come off so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. The wheels came off. <laughs> Many phrases actually come out of the Bible. Literally, the wheels came off. The, in the Hebrew, it kind of like says the wheels were jammed. They, they just, they kind of, yeah. It's like a virus got into their mechanisms or something. And then, Amazing. God caused a mighty deliverance for his people. And in the same action, he completely obliterated the enemy. But his presence was leading, guiding, shielding, protecting his people. Was that cloud of his presence. God was with them. The enemy doesn't know what's happening in the presence. Darkness on the one side light on the other so many voices in the world right now some of those voices are emanating from the dark side but they're shouting loudly be careful who you listen to Because if you agree with those voices, you need to be afraid, very afraid. But those are not the voices we should be listening to. We should be listening to the voice of the Spirit. We should be people of light who understand that God is with us. 
Emmanuel. Come on, we're going into Advent season. God with us, Emmanuel. And if God is with us, his presence is with us, then we don't have to walk around in fear. That's not our disposition. That's not our go-to. Our go-to is, oh, he is the prince of peace. So we want to live in a place of peace. Mm. Anybody getting excited? All right. So let's look at a couple of other encounters with this cloud. Let's turn to Exodus 19. So they've had a nice song and a dance after the victory there across the Red Sea. And uh, they had, uh, had a few encounters with water and all sorts of things. Some of it not so good. And um, Exodus 19 and verse 9. Then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear me speaking with you and will always put their trust in you. Then Moses told the Lord what the people had said. So there's this dialogue going on and Moses is acting as an intercessor. He's interceding, mediating between God and the people as he's leading them. But God's saying, listen, you know what? I'm going to come to you in an extra special way. So take three days, get yourselves ready, prepared, consecrated. I'm going to come down, and I'm going to come down in a dense cloud. So this is at Mount Sinai. They've been wandering around for a short bit, and then they come to this place. And the cloud that has been guiding them by day and the fire by night, they could see his presence. And God says, I'm going to turn it up. A whole bunch. There's going to be an increase in intensity of my presence among you. Three days time, let's have a party together. Isn't that interesting? Now would be a good time to say, yes, John, that's very interesting. It's kind of like, wow, why? Well, Let's just step back a little bit. We know from theology, the study of God, that God is everywhere. Right? The psalmist says, listen, if I go to the highest heavens or go to the depths, the deepest depths, even down to Sheol, you there. Where can I get away from your prayer? There's nowhere that I could go that you are not. Right? So we know that God's presence is everywhere. So theologically we say he is omnipresent. He is everywhere at the same time. All the time. Finite brain struggles to grab a hold of that, but that's, that's who he is. Right? But we also know with Adam and Eve... They're doing a little bit of gardening. That they would spend time with God in the cool of the evening. 
Genesis chapter 3. And they would hear the footsteps of God at certain times of the day. It's the cool of the evening. God would come down in a very special way. So, yes, his presence is everywhere, but he would come in a particular way at a particular time in a particular place. So we can understand that there is a difference between God's presence everywhere and then when God shows up, he shows himself, he reveals himself, he manifests himself in a very particular way. Are we okay with this? Likewise, God is everywhere, but he says, okay, I'm going to show up in the cloud so you can see that I'm with you. Now, he was still everywhere at the same time, but he showed himself in a particular way in the cloud. It's not like he stopped being everywhere just so they could be in the cloud. But he just showed himself, he revealed himself in a very special way. And now he says in in Exodus 19, okay, I'm going to ramp it up even more. Now it's going to be a dense cloud. In other words, there are levels of encountering the presence of God. Sometimes you get in front of the burning bush, take your shoes off. Holy ground. Right? So there, there, there are times when it's kind of, woof, holy, whoa, I'm undone. Oh, like Peter, away from me. Off the catch, catch of fish. I'm a sinner. He encountered something. When we encounter something of God's presence in different, different ways, We see things. We experience things. God takes us to new levels with him. Let's go to verse 16. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Yeah? They're like charismatic Christians here. When the presence of God showed up, they trembled. Come on, we read our Bibles and we sanitize what's going on. Okay, put the sanitizer away just for a moment. It's kind of like God showed up and they all shook. They trembled. When God shows up, sometimes we tremble. Oh, these, uh, what's going on with these charismatic people? No, it's just God showing up and humanity responds in a particular way when God shows up in increasing measure. There's something about the frequency of God that causes our bodies to vibrate as we come into alignment with the frequencies of heaven.
Another day I'll talk to you about vibrations, sound, light. God is light. What we actually made from in his image. But everyone trembled. Verse 17, then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. Spoke about this last time. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace and the whole mountain trembled violently. Even the earth responds to God. So all creation groans. Mm. And the sound <laughs> of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Then Moses spoke and the voice of God answered him. When God comes, his presence comes, a whole nother thing begins to occur when he reveals himself in greater measure of his presence. We were made to encounter God. We were made for his presence. He designed us in order that we might have communion, fellowship with him. There's a, let's, um, let's go to Exodus 24, verse 15. In that same chapter, 24, the elders and a couple of high priests with Moses and Joshua, God comes and they have a meal. Extraordinary. And the crown under God's feet was like sapphire. This extraordinary little passage here, hidden away in Exodus 24. This is like a forerunner, a foretaste of heaven on earth. And God has a meal. He eats and he drinks with these guys. Anyway, Exodus 24, 15. When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days the cloud covered the mountain, and on the seventh day the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. To the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Then Moses entered the cloud as he went up the mountain, and he stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. He's there in the presence of God, and God's presence sustains him 40 days and 40 nights. And the glory of the Lord, it looked like it was on fire. 
And this cloud is there, and they go up there, and Moses is encountering the Lord in a whole new way. And while Moses is encountering the glory of the Lord, the Lord this time, which is different from the other time he went up the mountain, and he was getting the law. Right? So he's gone up the mountain, and he's got the law. He's got all the rules, how you must live, and the people said, yay, we will do this thing. Right? That's why in chapter 24, they build an altar at the base of the mountain, and they've got a sacrifice going, and they, the people have said, yes, we will obey the Lord. All these things that he's told us to do, we will do this. And then they have a meal with God. And then Moses goes up the mountain. He's six days, seventh day, God says, hey, let's go up even next level. And he goes up next level for 40 days. And in these 40 days, now, God is speaking to him about a place where we will encounter each other in worship. And he begins to describe the tabernacle. From the place of glory, he begins to describe the way in which to encounter God's glory. For us, humans, in the tabernacle, the place of his dwelling. You remember, the, the tabernacle was this, this mobile gathering place of worship. Can I have extra three minutes? Make that ten. <laughs> no, need it. Prophetically pointing to the new covenant where we will be the mobile traveling place of worship. It's not about bricks and cement and steel beams, and uh, this is great. This is just enables us to get together. But the real thing is, you people together become the dwelling place of His presence. And the tabernacle was mobile, and we meant to be mobile. We are worship encounters wherever we go. We're mobile worship encounters. Don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? And so this, this temporary place called the tabernacle, when they were in the wilderness, later on, we'll get this in a couple of weeks' time, we'll talk about the temple, which is a permanent place. But the, the, the mobile thing was the tabernacle. And the tabernacle was established right in the middle of God's people because he says, I want to dwell. The word tabernacle means dwell. I want to tabernacle among you. I want to dwell among you. That's right, John writes, John chapter 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God, the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us. And so he gives the pattern in the glory about how this thing's going to work, this temporary arrangement 
And there's three tribes to the north and three tribes to the south and three tribes to the east and three tribes to the west. And God says, I want to be right here among you in the middle. And he's speaking from this place of extraordinary glory. 40 days, Moses up there in the glory. So let's turn to the end of this particular book, Exodus 40. From verse 33. So Moses, he's up there and he's got the instructions. They take some time and they put it all together. God anoints, he puts his Holy Spirit. The first time, the first mention of somebody being absolutely filled and overwhelmed with Holy Spirit was an artist. Bezalel, a craftsman, and he helps to craft and put together all the things for the tabernacle. And so Moses, this is a bit of prophetic license here, because Moses didn't physically do all this stuff, but under his guidance and care, he did these things, right? Verse 33, then Moses set up the courtyard around the tabernacle and the altar and put up the curtain. It's kind of like this is heavy for one old man. Remember, he's more than 80 years old by now. Hallelujah. Come on, senior citizens. He put up the curtain at the entrance to the courtyard, and so Moses finished the work. Verse 34, then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled upon it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Yay. God's presence so came among God's people, it was overwhelming. We talk about being overwhelmed in the presence of God. Hey, why aren't you standing? Why are you lying on the ground? I was overwhelmed. What happened? I had a touch of his presence. Verse 36, in all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and the fire was in the cloud by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel during all their travels. Those extra three minutes are up. Can I have another two? One point I hope that we can get. Moses had an encounter with God and the glory, and he got all the rules how to live. All the policies and procedures of the contract, how to live, the laws. He had all that. But then beyond that, God said, okay, now, about encountering my presence. Let's have the tabernacle and God comes. The clue for us here is those last couple of lines in Exodus chapter 40. When the people of God decided, based on the rules and regulations and all of the stipulations of the contract, you know what, it's time for us to get up and move and do this and do that for God. No. They didn't live 
by principles. They didn't live by rules and regulations. They moved with God when the presence of God moved. Massive difference. Too many Christians reduce their Christian life to living according to principles when God is calling us to live by the presence. Hallelujah. Breakthrough. We endeavor more and more. Lord, lead us by your presence. Can you say amen to that? Let's stand. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Lord, in all these words that I've said, Holy Spirit, would you ride on those words and land in our hearts? Even the things that I didn't get to say, would you say them anyway? We want to hear what you are saying to us. We want to be a people of the presence. We thank you that you reveal to us through principles and and all these different things about how we should be living. But Lord, beyond all of that, we want to step up to a higher level. We want to be a people of the presence who are looking for the cloud of your presence. And when the cloud moves, we move with you. Cause us to be a people on the move, mobile places of worship and God encounter. May your glory rest upon us in increasing measures. And all God's people said, amen, 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 and amen. Hallelujah.